0: Good morning, everybody. So good to be here in the house of the Lord with each and every one of you and all those online. We love you and we appreciate you. And uh, we're going to continue on from last week. And, and last week, uh, I, I felt we need to lay some groundwork. We've been talking about the idea of loving one another. And why is it important to love one another? And so we went over that last week. But this week, as I've been contemplating our declaration over the year, which is this is the year for faith, hope and love. I was thinking about what would be most helpful for us. I was thinking about what would it take to propel us to the next step. Because you know, at this church, we really believe, and we're really trying to walk it out, that we're going from what? We're going from glory to glory, okay? And every once in a while, maybe we take a step backwards. But the purpose of coming to church is that together, as a community, we can continue to experience the goodness of God from glory to glory to glory. Which means there's always more, okay? And that's what I love about serving the Lord. You don't ever really hit uh, a peak, do you? I mean, where you, where you are the know-it-all, be-it-all, and everybody's looking to you uh, as the example. Now, some people may look to you as a example, but let's be humble here this morning. They don't look to you as the example, okay? Our example, our real example is Jesus, right? That's who we're trying to model our life after. That's the goal. That's where we're going for. And so I started thinking about what would it take to propel us into what God really has, it, uh, has for us this year. And I was thinking about all the different ways that he could propel us as a family, as a unit together. Now, I know individually there's a lot of different needs and there's a lot of different areas that we can grow. As I take a look at my life, I see areas in my life that I either need to tighten up on or maybe I need to loosen up a little bit on. You know what I'm saying? Like people that like to go 80 in the fast lane. Just breathe, Pastor Brian. It'll be all right. You know, this is not worth losing your salvation, right? Over. And, and so, you know, there's a lot of things that I can tighten up in my life, but there's also a lot of things that maybe I gotta loosen up on a little bit. Maybe I gotta maybe step into a little bit more of the offering of grace where grace is needed. And that's what doing life is all about, isn't it? It's it's about offering the grace that we've experienced from our Heavenly Father to other people, right? And so I'm loving this because we're building something. If I could just say it here, we're building something spectacular. And guess what? It involves all of you. Every single one of you here today, it involves you. But guess what? There's room for growth. It involves others that we haven't even met yet. It involves others that we may bump into at the grocery store or, or at our workplace or, or maybe a divine encounter, uh, you know, just yesterday yesterday. Um, uh yesterday, we were, Melissa had somewhere to go, and so I had to switch the car, so she parks her car in the garage. Lucky her. Uh, Pastor Brian parks his truck in the driveway, which is okay. It's okay. It's okay, right? There's, it's twofold. One, my truck is so big and my driveway is so small that I only have to shovel about one foot of snow. Um, and the rest of it, I leave on the truck, and I drive really fast down in and it blows all off. Um, actually a neighbor that walks every single day around our neighborhood, this this older uh, couple, um, and I say hi, I always wave to them when I'm in my truck and everything like this, and I was driving uh, yesterday, I think it was or the day before, with a little bit of snow on it, and he's walking, and he looks at me, he's like, and, and I just smiled, and I said, you know, don't worry about it. It'll take care of itself. But, but now I gotta, I gotta. I was thinking, did I, did I ruin my witness, right? Did I ruin my witness with this? Uh, but anyways, I was moving the truck out, and it was full of snow and all sorts of other stuff. And I was moving the truck out, and I moved her car out, and she had somewhere to go. And not that she was running late, but, you know, she, you, know you know, ladies, you know. Anyways, uh, it took a little time to get ready and stuff, and so I was, like, kind of pressed for time. But then I looked over, and I saw this neighbor with their hood up you know, and, and and there were probably about seven or eight houses down, and I get out of the truck, and I go, and I move her car out, and I see him, and he's looking at his engine, and I'll be honest with you, I know nothing about vehicles, right? I know this. That's about it, right? Every once in a while, I'll you actually use those turning signals, right? Um, most of the time, and, and so I see him, and I'm like, I just yell over to him, right? I, I'm in a hurry, but I see him, and I, 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 I yell over. I said, I said, hey, are you good? And he goes, no. <laughs> I said, do you need a boost? He goes, yeah. I said, okay, I'll be right over. And uh, so I go over with my truck and, you know, we're talking and it gives me the opportunity. He's a newer fellow to the community. Uh, he has the cutest little dog and I've said hi to him a couple times, you know, but we started chatting and all of a sudden I, I realized it took about seven minutes total of my time and I saw Melissa come out and she was looking like this, you know, looking like, where is he? And, and, and I don't know if she shook her head or not, but she, 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 she always understands that when someone's in need, I'm going to stop and help out, Right. And so, you know, she took pause and where she needed to be, and uh, I gave him a boost, and, and then he just looked at me in the eyes, and he said thank you, but not just the kind of thank you that is like a token thank you, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, it was really heartfelt, and it's almost like, wow, you know? And I thought to myself, that took seven minutes of my time. That's not a whole lot of time. That's not something great. I, I wasn't the hero of the day. But I just paused and was able to take time out of my busy schedule to help out a neighbor. Now, from now on, I'm sure if I'm ever in need or anything's going on, he might be the first one to reach out. And, and, and so we're building community, even in our community. I have told Melissa from the very beginning when we moved into the community, said, I want to endeavor just to reach out to our neighbors in any way we can. I want to be known as a neighbor that will help out with whatever's going on. Whether I know anything about it or not, I want to be someone who's just known in the neighborhood as someone who is reliable, someone who can help out, someone who will go the extra mile. And my goal is, is that if I create this atmosphere, if I create this community around us, other people will jump in. And we'll create a community around us that is not only safe for our son Levi to grow up in, but it'll create a community where other people feel like they don't have to come home, drive into their garage, and before they get out of their car, close the garage door so we don't know each other. Because I don't know about you, but I want to know my neighbors. I want to get to know them. I want to see what kind of people they are and, 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 and hear about their adventures and their journey in life and do life together. And so we're here and we're talking about how do we love one another? Right, And for me, it always comes back to this. We shared this scripture last week, but I want to share it again this week. It's found in John 3, 16 and verse 17. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's good news for you and I. Look at this. Even better news. For God did not send his Son in the world to what? To condemn it, but that the world through him might be saved. And so here's what I've been realizing about this year. Everything that I'm learning and everything that I'm growing in and everything that we are trying to build at Capital City Church really flows out of this central truth, and it is this, my friends, that God loves you. He loves you. And I know sometimes you hear that a thousand times, but guess what? You're going to hear it a million times, a million more. Because at the end of the day, everything that we are as believers flows out of this idea, this concept, this truth that God is madly in love with you and that he's so in love with you that he put a plan in place to make sure, to ensure that you have the opportunity to live this life on this earth as the Bible says, a life in abundance. And so we're here today and we're learning how to grow. And so this is what I have to say to you today. God loves you. And because of that love, he sent his son for you, and he died for you, and he doesn't want to condemn you, but rather he wants to save you, and he wants you to live by faith, and look at this, be filled with hope and experience his love. Because when you really experience the love of God, what happens is you can't contain it, right? It's it's like It's like when someone shares with you good news, but then they say, don't tell anybody. Don't do that to me. You put me under so much pressure and duress. Because when I hear good news, I want to shout it from the mountaintops. Right? I don't want to hold it inside. I want to share it with everybody that I know. I remember when we found out that we were pregnant with Levi. And I remember that moment. like Because for so long, it seemed like it may not happen. And at times, I had to resort back to the fact that this may not happen. We may have to go, uh, uh, you know, on, on ulterior routes to 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 have a child. And 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 you know, we had so many disappointments and letdowns, and and all of a sudden there was hope, and then it, you know it was shattered. And and so when we finally found out that we were pregnant with Levi, it was mixed emotions, man. It was like, it was like tears of joy, moments of pure panic and fear because I'm like. I can barely take care of myself, and now I'm going be responsible for somebody else. You know, it was one of those. And then I started thinking about all sorts of other things and, and all sorts of other stuff going on there. You know, but at the end of the day, I wanted to share it. I wanted to just blab it, but we had decided that we were going to just keep it to ourselves for a short season. And every conversation that I had, I was like, you know, every time I saw a baby, I was like, oh, I can't wait till we have right? And, and everything was leading to me almost blurbing it out because that's what good news makes you want to do. It makes you want to shout from the rooftop. Listen, I, how do I know this? Why? Because you tell me well, what kind of deals Costco has last, right? When the deals are going on, you want to share that with somebody. You don't want to take it to yourself, right? When other things are going on, you want to share that with stuff because you want to have this sense of community and also support and celebration. Celebrating by yourself is not a whole lot of fun. You ever notice that? I had one birthday uh, when I was growing up. I was uh, disobedient to my parents. I was talking back to my mother. And my dad said, if you you continue, I'm going to cancel your birthday party. So I tested the waters. You know what happened? My father made me call every single one of my friends I was invited and tell them that I had misbehaved and my party was canceled. (laughs) And I celebrated my birthday alone. I remember my dad put my birthday cake down in front of me, sang me a version of happy birthday. And I was looking around, and I thought to myself, well, I'll never do that again. Lesson learned, because celebrating by yourself ain't no fun, but celebrating with other people is a great time. Look at this. That's the message, that God loves you. And because of that love, we have the opportunity to truly, heartfeltly, without any sort of ulterior motives, love one another because the love that we have for one another is not based on an earthly feeling it's based on the fact that God first loved us when we were unlovable right when we were at our lowest of our lows God reached down and he loved us and he he sent his son to die for us knowing full well right what we were going to do what we were going to be about right and yet he still did it anyways in the in our worst days he reaches down with his love and he lifts us up Maybe with a friendly phone call from a brother or sister in the Lord or maybe from a friendly smile from someone around us. And and, and so here we are. I'm confident that when we have this hope, when we understand that God loves us and because of that, we can be free to love other people, we have such a great deal of power from God. The fact that God loves us, listen to this, is the most powerful way, should give us confidence that we have the promise of God's presence. Because when someone loves you, they want to be around you. Come on, right? You remember? You know? You remember? Remember? Hey, Isabel, you remember when Charles, you know, first looked your way? Right? You probably couldn't get enough of him, right? Or maybe Charles couldn't I don't know which way it went. I don't know who pursued who. But whoever pursued who was, like, sticking on one another like glue, right? All right, exactly, right? When you love someone, you don't want to avoid them. I see all you in church sometimes, you know, I see you, you lovey-dubby people, you, you love each other, it's all good, it's little cuddles here and there, holding hands like you're in grade 12 again, I love it, right, I love it, it's love, I love love, I don't know about you, but I love love, okay, and I'm not afraid to admit it, so here we are, the fact that God loves us is so powerful because it comes with the promise of his presence, if you know God loves you, then you know that his presence is available to you, okay, So His grace, His mercy, the gift of forgiveness, and the promise that God didn't come to condemn us, but He came to redeem us through His Son, all stems from the idea and the understanding that God loves us, okay? So today, we're going to take a look at the early church, right? We're going to take a look at what happened, what was going on, how they were really exercising this command that Jesus gave to them, that they were to love one another just as He, Jesus, had loved them. He was. To, they were to carry on the mission of love. They were to carry on the mission of what was happening, what had transpired for those three years while they were with Jesus, and they were to carry that all across the world. That was the mandate, right? And so here we are. We come to Acts chapter two. One of the one of the most amazing parts of Scripture. Uh, that you can read about the early church. In verse 42, we'll start. It says, All the believers devoted themselves, look at this, to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. And they worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill or the favor of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Wow. Think about what was going on in this time. What an amazing description of the early church, what was really truly happening at this moment. And the fact is, if you look around us, it's hard to deny the fact that we live in a broken world, right? Come on. It's not hard. All you got to do is listen to the news for about five minutes, and you'll understand there's all sorts of things happening out there, right? We live in a world that is broken, a world that is filled with sin, that is filled with hurts, with pains, with addictions, injuries, illnesses, and even ultimately death. And if you don't have a reason to hope, then that could probably scare you pretty good. That would probably take you out, right? But praise God, we have a promise from our Heavenly Father that we are in this world, but we're not of the world. We don't have to subscribe to the world's ways. We don't have to subscribe to the world's version of the news. So, you know, when I hear news, what I've got to really calibrate my mind to do is, okay, I don't deny what's going on, but I also understand that I have promises from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that tells me I'm going to be okay. It tells me that he's with me. And if he's with me, then I can be assured that I'm going to make it through. And guess what? Here's a beautiful thing. I've had to come to the realization that even if I don't make it through, that even in my death, I still win. (laughs) Come on. Right? And so we got this promise from God. We have a promise that he's with us. And when he's with us, he's working things out for our good. And when our time comes, we don't need to fear what's on the other side of this life because we have the confidence that he is who he says he is and we'll go where he said we're going to go. Come on. So it's a win-win. Right? I remember listening to a missionary when I was about 19 years old, freshly saved right? Baby-faced Brian. Come on. No gray hairs, no extra weight. At my finest of fine. And I remember him saying this. People asked him, like, aren't you afraid? This guy went into some wild areas to preach the gospel. And they said, aren't you afraid? He goes, sometimes I am. But here's what I learned, is that if they hurt me, Jesus will heal me. And if they kill me, I'll be with him forever. So why am I going to let fear stop me from doing what God has called me to do? So here we are. We need to be surrounded by people who are going to encourage us. And if we take a look at what's going on, as a result of all of this kind of stuff, I think that we're really in a need for a real healthy dose of faith, hope, and love. That's why we've dedicated this year to those three, faith, hope, and love, Right? And here we are. And these are the areas that I, that I want to grow in with my church community. And that's each and every one of you. By the end of this year, I want to have a greater capacity to have faith. When I finish this year, I want to look back and I want to be like, yes, I've grown in my faith. Yes, I've been challenging my faith, but because of my challenges, I'm able to stand with more confidence than I've ever had before. I want to be a man that is filled with hope. Every time someone wants to blurb some bad news to me, I want to be the guy that goes, yeah, but. Right? That might be your news. That might be what you want to subscribe to, but it's not what I'm subscribing to. Right? Oh, yeah, well, this and this and this is going on. You know, remember, lettuce is $9. By the way, lettuce was on sale for $5 last week. I almost sent a mass text to you all. I know how concerned you were about that, right? Well, gas is going up in price, and Pastor Brian, you drive a V8. Yeah, but God is my supplier. And at the end of the day, I still got two legs at work, and I could probably use the exercise. So if I have to, I'll park it, and I'll trust God, right? (laughs) Come on. Come on. Yeah, well, you know, there's a, you know there's, there's a new disease coming out. I read this, this highlight the other day on the news, and this is why I don't watch news, because it's discouraging, right? Why would I subscribe myself to being discouraged? I don't like being discouraged, right? I like being joyful and happy and peaceful. And it just popped up. You know, on your Apple News, I don't know if you got this. i got to learn how to turn this off. I've got to talk to someone young around here. Uh, it just pops up. Uh, uninvited, it just pops up. And it says, new disease Found in Africa, and it was like 70 times more deadly than COVID. It's <laughs> like, really? This again? But my God shall supply all my needs. But my God is my protector, right? Now I haven't heard anything from it. So maybe it was a test. Maybe it was just trying to get me off of my game. I don't know. And let me just be honest with you I don't give a rip. I'm done. I'm finished, I'm trusting in Jesus, right, and when my time is here, glory to God, I'll be praising in front of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, right? So here we are, we can use a healthy dose of faith, hope, and love, I don't know about you, I could use it in my body, I could use it in my mind, I could use it in my finances, I could use it in my marriage, I could use it with my son, I, I could use more of all of these things that we have been talking about, So we need to surround ourselves. Listen, I I used to hear this saying all the time, and I've actually quoted it, and I think I even used it last year. Or not last year, last week, actually. You need to be around people that celebrate you, not just tolerate you. That's good. I like it, right? But let me just add to that. You need to surround yourself with people that celebrate Jesus. Think about it. When people celebrate you, right, They may not have the audacity or the courage to correct you when you're wrong, right? They may not have the courage to to help you navigate through some areas of your life because they all just want to celebrate you. And and this is what the world's come to, is just celebrate everybody for everything and anything, right? And and, and I'm coming to a place where you need to surround yourself with people that love Jesus, that celebrate Jesus, because here's what I've learned. People that celebrate me, I'm not quite sure what their motive is. Maybe, maybe there's, there's something that they want to leverage in my life for their life. Maybe they think I'm a cool guy, and, you know, I don't know if that's funny. Um, but whatever. For one reason or another, they're positioning themselves to get around you for one reason or another. But what I've learned is that when I surround myself with people who love Jesus, the love that they've experienced with Jesus and through Jesus and in Jesus, that's the kind of love that comes back my way. That's a love that is, that is pure, that is holy, that doesn't have ulterior motives that wants to see the best for you. Some of the people that have been the most useful in my life have been the most disagreeable people in my life. I share what I'm thinking, they go, well, I don't know about that. I don't like that very much. I don't like when people tell me I'm wrong, do you? I don't like it. I, 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 in fact, sometimes I want to put distance between myself and that person because you hurt my pride, <laughs> right? You, you, you challenge me, and I don't like being challenged. If I'm honest, you know, at the core of, of, of what we are uh, as, a, as, a, as a species, as, as humanity, a lot of times we want to take the easy way out all the time. Because easy is easy, and hard is hard, right? And if we have a choice, we'll probably take the easy. And so I don't like it when people challenge me, but I understand that I need it in my life. So we need to surround ourselves with people who are for Jesus, and as a result of that, they'll be for you. Because anyone who is for Jesus is for people. You can't be for Jesus and against people. It doesn't work that way. When you're with Jesus and you're for Jesus, that same love that you experience is broadcast out from you to all those in your sphere of influence. You need to have people around you who will speak the truth to you in love, right? Come on. Sometimes, you know, I've been taken aside in my life, and this is why I love church. Some people have taken me aside and gently, with love and humbly, have corrected me with where I'm at or what I'm doing, right? Or challenged me to be better at it. Don't settle for just where you're at. Come on. You can grow in this area. Pastor Adam challenges me all the time, right? I, I hope I challenge him too, you know? We bounce ideas off each other, and sometimes there's a little bit of friction. But at the end of the day, I love Jesus. He loves Jesus. We love each other, and we want the best for this church, for this nation, for this world. So we put aside our selfish ideas, or selfishness, and we, we, we set aside whatever ideas that we come with to the table and say, what is best for God's church? How do we proceed? How do, how do we move things forward? You need people that are going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Come on. You need people that are going to offer you grace. You need people that are going to pick you up when you fall down instead of looking around and taking a kick because secretly they haven't liked you anyways. We need people that are going to cover you with love rather than shame. Come on. Someone who's going to reach down to the muck and mire that is your life and lift you up to a better place. That's the kind of people that we want in our life. And that's the kind of people, can I say it, that we have here together at Capital City Church. That's the community that we are building. That it's not about a bunch of individuals. No, 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 no. We are a community. A community is a group of people who have a similar interest, a similar goal. They have something in common. There's all sorts of communities out there, right? There's, there's the sports community, and they're all about sports, and they love it. There's probably a NASCAR community. Some of you guys showed up last week. It was awesome, right? There's all sorts of communities out there, but we have a church community, and Jesus is the thing that links us all together. And so many of us in this room, by the way, many in this room, by the way, has done these very things for me. And that's why I believe in it wholeheartedly. Because there was times where people found out some of the struggles um, that I was going through, and and they came alongside, and they walked with me, and linked arms with me. And I know sometimes, you know, like, we, we, we do what we do. And part of the church that I really love is I find out about things after they happen. I find out that there's people showing up at the Gamaches. I, I find out that there's people dropping meals off for others. I, I find out that there's people that are walking through. You know, I bumped into uh, uh, Mary and Eve. I, we bumped into you guys. not to, I bumped into you guys not too long ago. And one of the first things out of Eve's mouth to me was this. Brian, you know we love you, right? I don't know why she said that. I was like, should I, what? But the way she said it, and she wasn't, we were in public place, and she goes, we, you, Pastor Brian, you know we love you, right? Like, we love you. And I was like, I walked out of there feeling like a million bucks, right? I was just like, wow, Eve, there's things that you do around here that nobody knows about. Eve gives cards every once in a while, and she always puts stickers in them. Can I tell you, I appreciate those stickers. I love stickers and cards. We have, uh, Melissa has an aunt who does the exact same thing, and it brings such joy to me. The fact that you pour, there are things that we do outside of this church that I'm just so thankful for. And when I hear it, I go, yes, yes, this is what it's about. It's about living in a community so that we don't have to be alone. So that we don't have to be the lone ranger walking to and fro thinking that it's all just on us. But that we have someone to walk this life out with. And that's why we love one another. Look at this. Luke uses the Greek word konania in Acts 242. And when he referred to their fellowship with one another, this is the word that he chose to use. And the word kononia deals with the concepts such as fellowship, which I think we're really advocating happening around Capital City Church. But look at this. Also, it it, it really implied the idea of joint participation. Everybody had a part to play, everybody had a role. In the early church, everybody knew that there was something for them to do and that as they participated, it made it open for more people to come and to join in. Look at this. They shared what they had with one another. A gift jointly contributed, a collection, a contribution. That was what Luke was trying to get across in Acts 2. There was an intimacy that was happening in the church that was based on their common faith. In Jesus. And so I know every once in a while, not often, but every once in a while, we have a service that I'll dub, nobody else uses this word, but I would just dub as like a dud. Okay? Like, what do you mean by that? Well, Maybe there's you know maybe there's an issue with the sound and it's all over the place or technology is failing us right or or maybe there's a big snowstorm and there's eight of us I mean there's just things that happen that go on in a service a lot of you don't know right but there's a lot of moving parts to make a service actually come together lots of volunteers are needed right by the way we still need lots of volunteers to continue moving forward but here we are there's we you know every once in a while there's just a service that happens Or, or maybe we come out and we're not feeling great and and. Even our sermon is not that great, right? But here's what happens is what I find, oftentimes, I'll leave the pulpit. And I don't only really speak for myself. I'll leave the pulpit. I just feel like, oh, that just wasn't, it didn't come out the way that my heart really intended it to, right? And I'll kind of put my head down low, and I'll just kind of feel like, that was kind of a bummer. I don't really feel like, you know, I, I, maybe I should have done what I should have done or said what I should have said, you know, and, and it could be off. It just feels off. But here's what I've noticed is that when that happens I'm focusing on things that really I shouldn't be focusing on. Because if I take a broader look, if I take a step back, right, and and, and I think about all the little things that have happened in that service that maybe weren't just, you know, the preaching or the music. I look at our guest service volunteers, and I look at the big smiles when I come by, and I hope they're not big smiles just because it's me coming by. I hope they're big smiles for everybody, right? And I wonder to myself, I wonder how many people came in this week They had a rough week, and the first face that they saw when they walked into church, because let's be real, you didn't feel like coming to church because you had a bad week. You were looking for every excuse to stay home, because we want to have a pity party when when things get a little tough. But you walked in here, and the first face that you saw, Hey, how's it going? How are you doing? Right? And it's not the how you doing, like, you know, just say, I'm good, and walk on. It's the how you doing that is followed by a heart behind it that says, I'm really interested. How are you doing? How are you really doing? Behind, you know, the facades and behind the big smiles and we're pretending everything is OK, how are you really doing? I want to know, right? Maybe it was someone that just opened a door for you. Maybe it was the fact that Tom served you a cup of coffee and it was like the substance of the morning. It was like, yeah. Tom takes br- everyone who works in the coffee shop, I ingrain it into them. This is important. Not only if we can get a cup of coffee in someone's hands, chances are they'll stick around for a little longer. And our hope is that they will meet someone, make a friend, say hello to someone, get to know someone a little bit longer. What if you just came in and someone was just, you know, you, you come in and, 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 and they look at you and say, hey, are you by yourself today? Why don't you come sit with me? I see that happening even right now across this room. I see people joining up and linking up. And that's when I look at it and I say, God, this is what's happening. So I'm leaving the service thinking that was a dud. And then I'm looking back, I take a step back and say, you know what, that's kind, of, that's kind of arrogant of you. You think that everything is based on what you do around here. There are so many spiritual things that are happening that are beyond the music, that are beyond the preaching, that are beyond anything that happens up here. What happens before, during, and after the service, the phone calls that are made, the emails that are sent, the texts that you guys send to one another, that's the stuff that is the real substance of our community. We gather together a couple times a week, but outside of these walls of the church, there's relationships that are being built up, friendships that are being made. There's a kind of thing that happens where iron is sharpening iron that the Bible talks about, that I love so much I wouldn't be where I am today without every once in a while, right, having iron sharpen iron. Every once in a while. So we have an intimacy that's based on our common faith in jesus maybe you walk through these doors and you told someone you're having an off week and instead of just saying okay well god bless you they say give me your hands let's pray i see that happening maybe someone told you how great you are like eve told me you know we love you it's like yeah i know no we we love you i felt like peter yeah yes jesus i know thank you (laughs) right no but we love you okay i got it thank you right maybe someone just encouraging you Maybe you've been serving and someone comes up to you and says, I just want to tell you, I think you do a great job week to week. I'm so appreciative. I don't know about you. I'm appreciative of our band, man. They put it out there every single week. Every week they're up here worshiping God and bringing us along with them. I'm thankful for our media team who, even with all the challenges of the Internet and technology and all sorts of stuff, do their best week to week so that those who are not in-house can join us online. I'm thankful for our sound people who week after week, the sound is, is it's, it's fun. It's challenging from week to week without touching a button. Your sound could be here and then down there. And you got to figure it out quickly when the pastor grabs the microphone and gives you the eyes. Right, Jesse? Nah, we don't do that. Right? I'm thankful for people to do life with and maybe they just appreciate you. Maybe they tell you how awesome you are and you haven't been feeling very awesome. Maybe they just tell you how much they love you, how much they appreciate you. This, my friends, is the community that we're building a capital city church, a place where there's a there's a space for everyone to learn to grow, but here's what happens. The enemy wants to divide us, wants to separate us, and there's this fear that comes. And I I don't know if it's something that's been around for generations, but it's something that I've seen that has been coming prevalent in our society. And it's this idea of staying anonymous, right? I mean. On social media, some of the biggest critics are, we don't know, because they're anonymous. They're not willing to put their face behind the picture. They can say whatever they want without any account to anybody, right? There's this idea of, I don't want people in too much, because if they're in, they might find out who I really am. Yeah, great. That's good for you, right? Oh, I don't know. It's scary. Yeah, it is scary, letting people in. Absolutely, it is. You know, when I was younger, I don't know, making friends just seemed to be so much easier. I don't know. Maybe it was because I was younger or I, maybe I didn't give a rip. I was just like, hey, you, you're going to be my friend whether you like it or not. I don't know. <laughs> right? But the art of making friends these days seems to be something that is just, it's, it's having a hard time. Right? Where it, it's just like, maybe it's the digital age. Maybe because we have, we, we, we have followers, we consider that to be friends. I don't know. But here's what I do know. It's better when I let people in. Sometimes it's a little scary, and sometimes it's even uncomfortable. But when I let people in and I share my vulnerabilities with the right types of people, the types that are within the same community as me, what begins to happen is I feel support. And sometimes, you know what happens? They share with me that they're going through the same thing, and I'm like, oh, thank God, I thought I was the only one on the whole earth that was going through this. And you start to find out that we have more in common than we actually think we do. And not only that, getting to know people, it's a lot of fun. get to know people. You get to grow with them. You get to learn with them. You get to do life with them. They can encourage you when you're feeling down. They lift you up, right? You have the opportunity to reciprocate that. It's a give and take kind of situation. And here we are building the church where when we are united, when we have our hearts in one accord, listen to me, we will not be stopped. We cannot be stopped. Look what they said in Acts 2. In verse 42, it says they devoted themselves, Okay. The idea of devoting yourself to something means you give all or a large part of your time or resources um, to that particular topic, issue, person, or circumstance, or whatever it is that you choose to devote yourself. So someone who devotes themselves to, you know, collecting cars. Well, I see them. They're shining them up. They're, you know, Peter, hey, Peter, I love going to your garage. Every once in a while, I'll stop by Peter's place, right? And I go to his garage, and everything is immaculate. It challenges me because I go back home to my garage and I go, oh, my goodness gracious. What am I doing with my life, right? Everything is shined up. He's got some nice car and everything. There's never a speck of dust on it. He takes care of his stuff. And I love it so much, right? He devoted himself to making sure that he's got a nice garage. I did not devote myself to making sure I have a nice garage. Guess what the reward is, right? Stuff everywhere. I mean, this just happens, right? It's weird, I know, but it happens, right? When you devote to yourself to something, you get results. When you choose not to devote yourself to something, guess what happens? You leave it up to whatever circumstance or chances are right there, okay? So they devoted themselves, look at this, to what? To the apostles' teaching. That's what we do on Sundays. We come, we learn together through the Word of God. They devoted themselves, look at this, to fellowship. It's the second thing that is mentioned after learning about the Word of God. The second thing that is mentioned is fellowship. They actually got together. They didn't avoid one another. They did life together, right? So they fellowshipped. Look at what else were they doing. Uh, They were breaking of bread. They were eating meals together. They were celebrating the Lord's Supper or communion as we know it today. And they devoted themselves to prayers. Look at this. And because of that, what was the result? The Bible says they were all in awe. And as they were in awe of what was transpiring, what began to happen? As they devoted themselves to the teaching, to fellowship, to to eating meals together, to prayer. What was the result? It says miracles. Come on, somebody. Miracles, signs, and wonders began to flow. What happens here at Capital City Church when we get together together? Come on, and we devote ourselves to the teaching. We devote ourselves to fellowship. We devote ourselves to prayer. You know what begins to happen? Signs, wonders, miracles. This is amazing, right? The formula for growing a church is written in Acts 2. Now, I've been inundated with emails about 10 ways to grow your church. This conference over here. This conference over there. And then I look at the Bible, and I go, wait a second. You can't bottle up a recipe Right? Outside of the Word of God. If it was good enough for the early church, it's still good enough for us today. And so here we are. What else happened? All were together. They had all things in common. You know what that means? They were in unity. They agreed what the purpose of the church was, and they began to act it out. Right? Now this part, right, they sold all of their possessions, their properties, and they made sure that everyone had. I like this idea now, and I'm not suggesting you go and sell your house today or your car or do whatever. But I do suggest that when you are able to come on, when you're able to, that you are participating in the growth of this church in one way or another. When you hear of a circumstance or a situation that people are going through, you may not have the answer to it, but you could bring relief in the form of a meal. You could bring relief in the form of a card. You could bring relief in the form of a phone call, just say, "Hey, listen." I don't know really what to say because a lot of times we don't know what to say, do we? That's why we we hesitate in doing anything at all. I've been there. Sometimes I don't know what to say, but I'm just calling you just to tell you that I love you. I appreciate you. Is there anything that I can do for you? Anything. You need something filled up, you need some food, you need a hug, where are you at? Can I pray for you? And when I say, can I pray for you, I'm not going to just wait till tomorrow and forget about it. I want to pray with you right now. Can we pray? Can we believe God? Let's ask for God's wisdom. Let's ask for his favor upon this circumstance or this situation, right? Daily attending together. They worshiped together, they ate together, and because of that, the Bible says they were glad and they had generous hearts that prevailed. Joy and peace was the end result of them gathering together in purpose. Wow. Look at this. And as they praise God, as we finish off that scripture, as we praise God, look at what it says. It says, They found favor with all people. And this is the part that excites me salvations increased. Right? Salvations increased. As we do what we're called to do, essentially, this is my message. If we, the church, Here at Capital City Church, you and I together, the church is not a building, it's all of us collectively that are here and online and even maybe some of those that haven't joined us this morning. When we agree to pursue God with everything we have, when we just love Him, and because of that love we let it come out of us to others, you know what begins to happen? The church begins to grow. It's just natural. It will just happen. It'll just begin to happen. It'll just begin to occur. All of a sudden, when you're allowing the love of God just to flow through your life, when you're experiencing his goodness, when you're experiencing week after week growth, miracles, signs, wonders, when things are happening around you, what begins to happen is people start coming forth. They start coming forth with salvations and rededications. And all of a sudden, just like in Acts, daily people were being added to the church. And I know about you, but I'm not blind to the signs of the times. I see what's going on in the world, and I could either get scared about it or I could get excited about it. And I choose to get excited about it. Because I know as things continue to go wrong in this world, it draws me closer to hang on to Jesus tighter than I ever have before. It signifies to me that, Brian, there's so much work to be done. It signifies to me that, Brian, there's so much to do for this kingdom. There's so much to do. With this church, and it challenges me to rise to the occasion. And we'll finish with this. Matthew, you can do your thing. Here's what I tell you of this this type of community is costly, it doesn't happen by accident, it'll cost us our time, it'll cost us our energy definitely going to cost us a lot of patience as we deal with one another and go through life together it's going to take finances right but in the end we've shown others who Jesus Christ is and isn't that the goal When the Bible says just love God love one another if you do this and you do it well then you don't stray from it and you do it with a, a heart that is just turned towards Jesus As you just step into this, you don't have to worry about a 14 point plan on how to grow the church. It'll just happen organically and naturally. And that's the kind of way that we want it to happen. We want what has happened inside of us, we want others to experience it. Some of you, when Pastor Adam says, Think about the way that you met Jesus, I almost brought me to tears because I know that when I met Jesus, I was a hot mess. The kind of mess that people would use for examples of what not to do in life. And I met Jesus, and piece by piece, He started putting me back together. Piece by piece, He started dealing with my loneliness and my depression and my addictions. And piece by piece, He, he was setting me free. And I, for the first time in my life, when I said yes to Jesus, I felt this weight of being something that I really wasn't fall off of me. And I felt like a million bucks for the first time in my life. I finally sensed that I had a purpose. There was a reason to why I was here. I hadn't really figured it out, but I knew that there was a reason. And that was good enough for me to continue to pursue Jesus. And so listen to this. Church is not all about you. Well, I just don't like that song that they're singing. So what you're really saying is you don't like Jesus? Come on. Because it's not about you. Right? It's about all of us, and it's about us worshiping Him together. It's not my style. Is that going to fly in heaven? Right? These are the questions I ask myself. Because I used to be like that. Oh, I just don't really like this song this much. I just put my hands in my pocket. Then I realized it's not, a, it's not about me. It's about him. And when you think about what he's done, it's easy to celebrate in any song in any style. I don't care if they break out in reggae or heavy rock music. Come on. If it's singing about Jesus, I'm in. I'm part of it. I can flow with whichever way it goes as long as we're celebrating Jesus. Romans 12. I'll finish with this, I promise. Let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another. And never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family look at the language it's using try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor for one another the only competition that we have with one another is the honor and the respect that we show each other no you first no you first no you first no you first first, right that's what we're doing you first seriously you first Try to outdo yourselves and respect and honor with one another. Be enthusiastic and serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward Him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let Him fill you with excitement as you serve Him. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Not a joy that is momentarily, a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times and take a constant interest interest in needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them. And eagerly welcome people as guests into your home. Speak blessing, not cursing, over those who reject and persecute you. Celebrate with those who celebrate and weep with those who grieve. Live happily together in a spirit of harmony and be mindful of another's worth as you are your own. Don't live with a lofty mindset thinking that you're too important to serve others but be willing to do the menial tasks and identify with those who are humble-minded. Don't be smug or even think for a moment that you know it all. Never hold a grudge or try to get even, but plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. Do your best to live as everybody's friend. Wow. That's the picture of the modern-day church. That's good. We practice that. This is a uh, rubber band ball that I've been building for many years. You're like, how do you have time for that? I don't know. I make it. I find bands all around the church. and I, I, This is only rubber bands, nothing else inside of this. But this is a picture of the church. In this rubber band, there's different sizes, small ones, big ones. There are some that are broken, different colors, different forms, shapes, and it represents you and I. We're all different, right? Some of us are broken. But here's the thing I love about it. Right now, nothing is breaking off of it because the broken pieces in here are being held together by the full ones. And at times in my life, I've been broken, and I'm thankful that the church has held me together. And at other times, I've been whole, and I've been thankful that God has used me to hold others together. And I love the fact that every time I find a new rubber band, I'm just like, Lord, one more. Give us one more. Give us one more. And at the end of the day, one rubber band by itself is not a whole lot of fun. But this thing carries weight. It brings joy to everyone who comes into my office. What is this? Oh, it's a rubber band. Every kid that comes into my office, I've got like like dings everywhere. Things getting knocked. They're, they're throwing it. They're having fun with it. But at the end of the day, I thank God that you and I get to do life together. That I have the opportunity to love you with the same love that I've experienced from God, and that you get to do the same with me. And so right now, I'm just going to ask you just to give yourself over to the moment, to the atmosphere that God is producing here. And you know in your hearts that you need Jesus in a real way today. The Bible says that the way to salvation is not complicated. It's about believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior. So, we're going to say a simple prayer right now together to invite Jesus into our life, to invite him to be our Lord and Savior. Let's say this together. Say, Jesus, thank you for paying the price for my salvation. I ask you to forgive me of every sin. I repent and I'm purposing to change the way I think and live. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, help me to learn about you, to grow in this kingdom lifestyle. I declare that you're my Lord and my Savior, thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen, and amen, and amen. Well, Father, we thank you. And as we just do what you told us to do, and that's to love you and to love others, Lord, that your kingdom would be established on this earth as you intended it to. Let's come back to the basics, Father, and understanding the call to love one another in Jesus' name.